Hello and welcome to Caged In, the podcast where we find out if Nicolas Cage is a five-star actor or if he is a no-star flophouse. Each week I invite a guest on and ask them, are they a Nick Cage fan? What was their first and which is their favourite Nick Cage film? Along with that, I also have a unique scoring system where I ask my guests and we have a discussion about, does Nick Cage have bad hair? Does he freak out in any way? And does he do a crazy voice? On this week's episode, I'll be looking at Looking Glass. To join me, John Slater, but more of that in a moment. In this episode, we will be going into all the gory details, all the spoilers. So if you don't want the film spoiled for you, please stop the podcast now. Go watch the film and come back and join us. You can find a handy little document there in the show notes if you pause the podcast now, or if you've, if you, I've, I've already told you to pause the podcast, so you would have gone. You might not be hearing this and you'll be really annoyed, but in the show notes, there is a handy little document that shows you if and if they are where to stream any of the films that are talked about on this podcast, whether it's from the past in the future that's all there and it's updated as and when that stuff changes so there's one final thing left to do and that's to get a raging with cage <laughs> looking for a new life after the tragic passing of their daughter ray and maggie decide to become motel owners in rural utah Everything may not be as it seems in this sleepy town, or even the motel for that matter. Nick Cage and Robert Turney star in 2018's Looking Glass. To have a hidden look at this film and figure out the mysteries of Nick Cage's beard, I'm joined by comic book artist and author and Nick Cage fan, John Slater. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. And um, I'm glad you mentioned the beards, because... I've got thoughts on that. So. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, um, yeah, before we get into talking about all things uh, Nick Cage, uh, I just wanted yeah. to talk about, obviously, you're a comic book artist. And, yeah, tell me a bit more about Cog Life quote, and stuff. Quote, quote, quote unquote. <laughs> well, don't, no, don't put yourself down, man. You, you've got something for sale online. You're a fucking uh, yeah, comic yeah. book artist. <laughs> I'm, I'm professional by that, uh, by that standard, then. <laughs> But um, yeah, um, I've got my debut comic out, uh, Admin Error. That's um, for, well for sale. It's pay what you want. Um, yeah, it's the story of someone who makes a, a bit of an error, and his <laughs> life, go <laughs> life goes downhill from there. It's, um, it's a bit of a it's it's not that far future, but it's like that kind of dystopia. Perfect. And I, I wrote it kind of before all of this shit show that was 2020. <laughs> so I know when I was coloring it, I was like, hang on, this is this is getting a bit real now. If only you had released it before all of this, then you could have been like, I know. I predicted it. I predicted <laughs> it, guys. Um, amazing. So, yeah. So, where can people, yeah, let's do this up front. Where can people buy that if they want to buy it? Or... Yeah. Um, well, if, if you go on my Twitter page, um, that's at little underscore John S, uh, J O N, um, there's a link, link in the bio, as everyone says. Perfect. Simple, uh, simple as that. Amazing. So, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about more comic-related stuff when we come yeah, to talk about Nick Cage yeah. as well and stuff like that. And 
at the end as well when we inevitably plug everything that we've got going on. Uh, <laughs> but I always start these off by asking, are you a Nick Cage fan? Yes. <laughs> In a word. Um, yeah, I've, I, I can't remember where it started, but like I would, wouldn't say I'd die for Nick Cage, but it's quite close. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just quite quite a zealous fan. I'm always jump into his defense um, what, what is the like universally most panned film that you go to bat for that you kind of like what's the what's the smallest nick cage hill that you would die upon um oh I, that, that's a tricky one like at the moment it's probably because i saw it yesterday but looking glass because this this gets panned doesn't it in like in the IMDb and the letterbox and, and all that. And for, first uh, first time I was like, yeah, this is a bit it's a bit rubbish. But yeah, it's it's good. And he, like to be honest, he just elevates any film that he's yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's well, something, that's something uh, <laughs> you're speaking to the man who's watching watching them all uh, yeah. like week by week and talking about them at probably sometimes longer than the lengths of the film itself. <laughs> so I've, I've, that's I've, always how it goes. <laughs> but I, mean, um, I don't know. Like, it's it's always about finding like that that um, kind of hidden diamond, and it is always normally Nick Cage in his films. But like, I don't know. Like, you go in kind of expecting like, oh, this is going to be a bit garbage. But you know, you watch it, and Cage, depending on the script, it's yeah, it's it's either like he he does his best, and it, it's either kind of like. You know, he, he just comes to work and does what's on the script, or he kind of elevates that film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, I think anything that he's in is, I was going to say worth watching, but I don't know. There's, <laughs> there are some, some there, stinkers there, in there. Yeah, there's a there? few duds. There's a few only but, for the completists. But that said, the, those films are normally the ones that he's not, he's probably in about 20% of that film. Yes. Like I, I was the M and you about inconceivable, and I was like, I can't do inconceivable again. <laughs> well, you'll, <laughs> I'm sure you'll get to that one, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've already done inconceivable, and oh, yeah. uh, people would have uh, listened to that one, and <laughs> it's a, real, it's a that, real trash can fire of a film that one. Yeah, you know? but that's because he's not really in it, and I'm sure if he was in there more, <laughs> it might. Might still be chef, but not as chef. Yeah, yeah. That film looks like it was. Uh, they got Nick Cage for like an afternoon and went to town on it. Like, yeah, like... Nick Cage getting his house and yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's let's yeah. not get too bogged down in uh, how no. inconceivably shit inconceivable. <laughs> and uh, what was the first Nick Cage film you remember seeing? Well, it's a good thing you you asked me this because. Um... Like over DMs first, because um, I had to think long and hard, because it it's just kind of like in my teens, just kind of this cloud. But I think I pinpointed it to Lord of War, and yeah, which is a, I think a weird one to kind of start off. But I think I can't remember what year it was. It was probably when I was about fourteen, so like twenty um two thousand and six something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was before that memification of Cage. So yeah. when, when that that like Cage freakout video came out, 
I was, and people were saying like, oh, Nick Cage is shite, Nick Cage is shite. I was like, have you seen Lord of War though? He's like, he's good. <laughs> so, but then it kind of, then it turns into a bit of an ironic thing because you're like, oh, I'm going to watch all these like Nick Cage films with the freak outs and all that. And then it just comes full circle and you're like, you know what? He's, well, he's just, yeah. You've just basically uh, described the the trajectory of this podcast, which started yeah. off with me going like, <laughs> oh yeah, wouldn't it be funny to cover all these Nick Cage films? And then mm. by the end of it, I'm going to bat for films like Stolen. Going, no, actually, it's got no, merit. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's Stol- Stolen's sick. Stolen's yeah. so good. <laughs> uh, per- yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect. And Lord of War is a fantastic starting point because that is like, especially around that time, it's I don't know, it's before what uh, I guess a lot of people would call the decline of Cage. Like, yeah, it's it's after his kind of like action, you know, projection to stardom with you know the Beige Volvo trilogy, and you know he's he's like an Academy actor, you know, he's like proper. It's like well quote-unquote like proper acting isn't it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um and i guess like ju- like watching it during that time maybe we were um trying to watch like proper films i don't know but at the same time we were watching like the hugh jackman van helsing as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that stage of your life where you're like oh well, yeah oh it's got it's got oscar buzz Let, let's give it a yeah. go <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've got like blu-ray and dvd box sets by like art house directors that are still yeah. in their cell phones. So, <laughs> oh yeah i've, I've definitely they look good on the shelf don't <laughs> yeah, the criterion stuff so, you know. <laughs> amazing so uh what was the what, what was your favorite nick cage film sorry i nearly asked you what was your first one again <laughs> well it was all the war. um can i can i be cheeky and say three they are in kind of different categories because just because it's like he's got such a breadth of work you can is give that, me three. You can give me three, but I will pick. I will pick one that okay. will kind of go on like the Hall of Fame. Okay, so I mean, pick, pick whatever you want because they're all kind of, you know, up there. Um, I've put them into categories, so it's it's Nick Cage the lover, Nick Cage the fighter, and an honourable mention. So Nick Cage the fighter, it's face off. It's got to be face off. Like I just, just even thinking about face off it just it's it's so good mm-hmm. like yeah and um me my girlfriend always um like you know rips me for for this but she's like oh tell everyone the fact about face off and i'm just like it was nominated it was nominated i didn't quite win nominated for trailer of the decade, the decade <laughs> <laughs> in 1999 Amazing. so but it was it was up against like seven the matrix but like they shot like uh, you probably you probably already know this, but they shot a trailer, didn't they? Like specifically for Face Off. Uh, have you have you seen it? Or... No, I will. I will. I will. I will hunt. I will hunt this down. Uh... It's it's great, and and like it's not my favorite just because of the trailer, but that's yeah. a good like. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. Kind of, it's it's just, it's just so good. It's it's basically like um like three sixty camera around Nicolas Cage's face, and he's doing this monologue. And then halfway through, obviously, changes to John Travolta. He finishes the monologue. Yes, I have seen this. I have seen this. It's yeah. just been so long since it was kind of in the face-off light zone. Oh, yes, always yes, in yes. the face-off zone. <laughs> um, and Nick Cage still love it. Uh, it's wild at heart for me because love David Lynch, love Nicolas Cage. It's a match made in heaven. And it just, I could just rewatch, rewatch that and rewatch that. And 
always find something new. I mean, it's like most of David Lynch's films, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, I mean, all, all of all of his work really, like, just always finding something. And he's, you know, yeah. And what? Sorry, go. On. What is the honourable mention category? Oh, ad- adaptation. It's like two two cages for the price of one, and yeah. it's also really good. And it's. Per- Perfect. Well, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, I've got to pick one, like adaptation has come up very recently on this. So Uh, I'm going to go with Wild at Heart just because I feel like that is the perfect, like one of the most perfect films to be talking about in relation to this. This all feels really good to me, Ray. Like once business picks up. I think we're gonna be real comfortable here. Yeah, me too. So old Ben finally went and sold the place. You usually run hotels? No, I'm an electrician. I just wanted to try something different. What the hell? That's her, isn't it? She was our first guest. Well, the boys over at the gas station said you peeled out of your parking lot pretty fast. Everybody knows everybody around here, except you. Did you do it? Did, did I do what? Did you do it? You were with that girl the night she died. Saw you at my place. You like to watch? That it? Did you see anybody? Well, why would I watch your place? You tell me. This is a crime. We could lose the motel. Did you do it? Did I do? Did you do it? Did you do it? What did you see? Did you see something, Ray? The opening title sequence? Yeah, it's a very Lost Highway. I was just getting Lost Highway vibes straight away. Well, it's, and I it's, was like... It's Lost Highway with like, 90, like early 90s Lynch, like kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the font that's used that like comes up and it's got this real 90s feel of like the font just yeah. kind of like coming out of nowhere, like projecting. Yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. But like, I, <laughs> I don't know, I couldn't... Like I, w- I was, I was fully in from that point. But also at the same time, I was, I was like, does this look a bit cheap? <laughs> you know, for, you know, for people who don't, who wouldn't like make that snap decision or snap, you know, connotation, would you think like, oh, this looks a bit like iMovie or Windows Movie Maker or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just a bit. But yeah. you know, I, I was in, and even, even those shots of driving down the highway. Like if if they were just kind of lit by the headlights, you would say like, "This is Lost Highway." Well, it's really interesting as well because the director Tim Hunter actually yeah. directed three episodes of Twin Peaks back in oh really the the early nineties. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. 
I like I'm not sure if it's like uh, a great like selling was it point se- for was him. It series two. I, I I I think it is season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll have to go back. At, well, <laughs> I've been threatening a Twin Peaks rewatch for years, and and I'm just always reminded of season two. Um, yeah, well, he's got he's got the, like the director's got this really interesting career because like he kind of came out of the gate and like directed for like actual movies and then drifted off into just doing TV for like uh, oh. the rest of his career and just like every so often will release a film and like has kind of done episodes on some of like the biggest tv shows of the last like 20 years so oh really cold case house breaking bad law and order mad men sons of anarchy lie to me dexter nip tuck like american horror story the list goes wow on and on like yeah even more recently uh hannibal uh gotham he's got uh, got a wheelhouse hasn't he they all yeah. kind of like that crimey you know yeah yeah mi- but then serious thing but you know. i i left out some of the other ones he's also done uh he's also done like an episode of glee as well so uh <laughs> <laughs> is that a murder mystery uh episode of glee <laughs> yeah and like uh some i don't know i just find that really fascinating because yeah well it's um, it's it's kind of like um nicholas wander isn't it because he went like in the middle of his career the midsummer murders what yeah he did wow. a few episodes of Midsummer Murders <laughs> to like pay the bills. <laughs> it's like when you find out about these directors and like all the like the uh, trailers they or like t- uh, TV adverts they used to do. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's a few um, pot noodle adverts from like the the, <laughs> the like late the well like the early 2010s that are directed yeah. by Taika Waititi and stuff like that. And <laughs> oh my like, god, really? And, yeah, yeah. Like now looking back at them, you kind of watch them and go, You're "Just like, oh yeah." I see the sense of it's got that comic sensibility that he's got. Yeah, like, it's got that that aesthetic. Yeah, because um, have you ever seen any of David Lynch's commercials? Like, for, I think he's done one for either Honda or Toyota. I've seen his PlayStation Two uh, commercial. Yeah. He did, yeah, uh, the other place, which is like <laughs> is, is 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 a nightmare and a dream at the same time. Yeah. Just like this other advert he did, so <laughs> you can just kind of sum up all his, his stuff like that, though, can't you? And yeah, like it feels like this film, David Lynch, is kind of looming over it. A Maybe lot. behind one of the um, one of the looking glasses. Yeah, well, what, the only it? the only well, there's only one uh, looking glass. And do you know much about like? the kind of background of this film and like the supposed like based on true events that it I, is. This, this was um this is actually in my notes like I, I remember after I watched Looking Glass um me and my girlfriend like we like watching true crime documentaries as you know most white white people do um but there's this documentary on Netflix called Voyeur mm-hmm. and 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 I, I imagine it was based on this because that's nuts <laughs> yeah Gerald and uh, Foos, right? The guy, the guy who uh, in Colorado owned yeah. this motel that he kind of, you, well, he called it his laboratory to like study people. Stu- yeah, sociological study. Yeah, and um, he, I don't know, he seemed quite 
he, well, he, he seemed very proud of it, didn't he? Um, I'd, I mean, I'd recommend that documentary to anyone who's like, in, it, like remotely interested in this film because, like, it's just like, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a weird story that he's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm this great guy for doing this, and he's got all these notes, hasn't he? Like, really yeah. meticulous notes of all the people he's watched. I like, I can't remember how, um, how long he, um, he watched people for, but it's just. Yeah, well, there's books and books and books. Yeah, the documentary. Yeah, as as John said, you can pick it. You can pick it up. You can watch it on <laughs> Netflix now. Yeah, and like I started watching it literally directly after watching this film. Oh, really? And I was like, so as soon as this, as soon as we stop recording, I'll be jumping back in to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it's, it's a a fascinating documentary, but uh, yeah, let's not veer it... too much into the real world and talk about the world of. Uh, looking glass which like oh, absolutely it feels yeah. like enough has been changed from that true life like events mm. so there's not a lawsuit oh no oh no because like <laughs> i mean i hadn't like he seemed quite prone to suing that guy didn't he actually mm-hmm. like as soon as a bad article came out about him he's like sue him, sue him. so <laughs> um yeah i mean unless you knew about this film like straight mm-hmm. to D- DVD, was it straight to DVD, or was there a, a cinematic release? Um, it was straight to DVD. From what I yeah. well, it didn't get a US release. It might have done elsewhere oh, really? because it made eighty thousand dollars on the international oh. box office. <laughs> And then, yeah, it's got bigger, <laughs> uh, well, it made about a million worldwide on, uh, like, DVD sales. But then there's the streaming licenses and stuff like that that don't. Yeah. And I'm looking on a website that's just called thenumbers.com, so I'm not sure how, how <laughs> legit. Like just any numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how legit <laughs> these stats are, and I'm not paying for IMDb Pro anytime soon no. to find out the no, real nitty gritties. Don't, don't blame you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you were set the task of kind of writing a DVD blurb for this film, how would you describe it to people? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Nick. Nick Cage, Ray, and his wife, uh, Robin Tunney. Yes. I'm a, yeah, from The Craft, I think she's from. Um, that's all I know from uh, Maggie, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they're running from some kind of tragedy, um, and they find it in this isolated motel where nothing nothing bad's going to happen, but as things happen, like, you know, as things transpire, transpire um, things bad, things bad happen <laughs> <laughs> which not very eloquently put but well there's that, the, the thing the thing i was alluding to earlier about the kind of thing of david lynch looming over this is because in like the first act we get this thing that nick cage's character ray discovers this uh behind like in the utility room behind this kind of a damp looking yeah. piece of wood there's like a, a crawl space with uh, a looking glass into room 10. Yes, the mysterious room 10, where uh, I know we're jumping around a bit, but Tommy mm-hmm. the trucker, he's wants room 10. 
was like, hmm, like it's a bit weird why he wants that room, but whatever. Well, that's something that never like there's one of my gripes with this film, and I hate to get into like gripes so early on. Mm. Is that there's all these threads kind of set up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, because um sorry go. They're not really paid off in any great way, really. <laughs> they're really not. I've got um I've got thoughts on that as well, but it kind of comes in more towards the end. But I mean, you kind of alluded to this before when I was saying like when I, I kind of let slip like one of the multiple looking glasses, but come to think of it, there's only one yeah. that he talks about. And maybe that was kind of just because I had the documentary in my head where he had them in every room. But he does only go into room 10, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's like, I'm not sure if the whole thing with Tommy, so Tommy's character, who, yeah, as, as John said, just is adamant to have this room and it transpires that he is uh, a sex addict who is who frequents the, the motel. And it's just used as kind of a device as well to give ray like exposition like to go like oh you 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 didn't know about cassie yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you you didn't know about chrissy did you uh oh sorry no no she cut herself jumped in the pool you did oh you didn't know about this like or let well let me tell you oh ben didn't do you uh didn't do any any favors there and it's i don't know you're thrown into this and there is there is interesting elements because in in the opening sequence we get these flashes to their past, right? We yeah, get... which kind of, again, maybe it's because I was in the David Lynch zone, but it's kind of like that, like you said, dream in a nightmare kind of thing going on of the better building and his, like, you know, his daughter and he's, you know, he's knocking back the road beers, isn't he? And, well, there's, um, yeah. there's other really like interesting, like David Lynch comparison. And I think one of them is the whole idea of voyeurism. Yeah, uh, throughout this yeah. film, which is obviously something that is um, displayed quite like heavily in Blue Velvet, and yeah. this this film obviously deals with the idea of like a young girl who like had a, or or even characters within it who seem like mm. relatively normal, but then what they get up to behind closed doors and stuff like that, which is what yeah. David Lynch has kind of been doing his his whole career, whether it's Twin yeah. Peaks and the whole That's it, yeah. Firewalk yeah. with me, like what was Laura Palmer's actual life really like? Or, or even Blue Velvet, like just this kind of Yeah, yeah. Scratch away the veneer of uh be- beauty and like see the dis- And everyone's a monster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Disgusting, yeah. <laughs> but then in this we kind of like it's not like, like, Nicholas, yeah, Ray is, he, he seems to just become a voyeur because he's bored. Yeah, there isn't much to do in, you know, in the motel, is there? Yeah, but in, in bumfuck nowhere where they're, like, based. Like, yeah, like, and it, it does just Tommy and, like, you know, some some blonde lady who kind of shows up in a, a fancy car. It's not it's not that fancy a car, is it? But... <laughs> yeah, so we get these early scenes as well of them uh, like doing up the hotel and Yes. How weird that is. Um like I've I've just got a note that says DIY was synth. And it's just <laughs> he's just like that's what it is. It's probably about like it, it's probably not as long as two minutes, but like there's just this like synth synthwave score 
and he's like, you know, pull, pulling the tarp off a pool. And, you know, unclogging a drain and stuff. And it's just like, this is, this is the, so weird. And, the score's really interesting because it's yeah. like, there's two, there's two people like on the score. You've got Mark Adler, who uh, from everything it looks like, just kind of, he provides the, the classic score, as it were, the quote unquote yeah. normal score to this. But then from looking, uh, it's Christine uh grundad who did Ooh. the like i'd imagine the simp stuff uh she is da, 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 goes by the name professionally as christine control and right. was in the band the dum dum girls okay never, and, never heard of them yeah, they're like, <laughs> I'll, I'll check them out though yeah like uh da, 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 yeah from starting 2006 signed to like sub pop and like yeah it sounds like that is the kind of like that's she's bringing that element, especially with a name like uh, Christine Control, both spelt of a K. Uh, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I will, I will. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dum Dum Girls leaning synth pop, perfect. Yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah, it's definitely. Like... But it's really weird because, like, I loved if it was if the score was either one or the other i would have yeah. really enjoyed it but like yeah. the kind of the mixing of the both and like yeah because it's really jarring at the start isn't it because like we said said we've, you've got this like lost highway like synthy like going down the motorway like synth score and then you get out the car uh, the, the car the, the car and it's just kind of like this it reminded me of him like the x-files or something it's that kind of drone mm-hmm like, like, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, like, what happened to the to the synth? Like, and there's elements in it as well where it feels like the score is like going for. Again, I'm not sure if it's because like I was in this David Lynch mode, <laughs> but I was like, is, is this trying to sound a bit Angelo Badalamenti with the yeah. stuff they're doing at the moment? Because yeah. this is kind of like like plush electric piano sounds and stuff uh, that's like, it yeah it, it sounds a bit like like budget bad lamenty but then <laughs> as the film progresses there's moments where like the score just kind of goes off in a different direction entirely mm. like there's a there's a scene kind of nearer the end where he's driving through the desert and it yeah. kind of sounds like an off cut from like uh, a modern day western or something like that i was like what's where's this what's going on yeah <laughs> maybe didn't want to i don't know like plug it with too much synth but i don't know like it's kind of got that like neon vibe because of the mm-hmm. motel and you know just all like like just the, the blue light always sticks in my head with this film which i'm sure we'll come yeah, to yeah. later um but yeah like, i'm just like just like you said, just pick one or the other. So, like early on, their first customer, uh, her name is revealed later on, but like I've got it down in my notes as the woman in room six, which seems like is the only way they kind of like. Uh, yeah, refer I think. To in, <laughs> I think in the credits, she's just kind of referred to as the the blonde woman. <laughs> <laughs> like there's um i think it's she's called like the blonde dominatrix or something and then there's another credit which is like the novice dominatrix 
because everyone else has just has got like singular names and then there was these mm-hmm. kind of longer names which i thought was but again it's very like david lynch isn't it yes yeah yeah yeah. what well, her name is revealed when she's well yeah yeah her name is jessica there we go and uh, well i explain yeah let's let well let's kind of rattle through some of the plot so (laughs) not not a lot happens at the start like he does diy for about like it's, it's about half an hour and then you know he goes into like he finds that you know the grimy crawl space doesn't he well yeah and then it kind of we get these it's like a very quick infatuation with the cruel space. Yeah. And like, I felt like not to get too like, you know, maybe I should get like a bit too metaphorical with this film, but he's like, it's going down the rabbit hole, isn't he? Mm -hmm. And like, not through the looking glass, maybe like that. Um, But, you know, he's going down the rabbit hole and he's going to see how far it takes him. Yeah, but like it, it happens. Like it's not like this thing of like, oh, like, do you know what I mean? It's it like weighing on him. He's just like, he's creeping out on people straight away. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, there's a moment <laughs> where like he's he's he notices the car, like pull away uh, on like the yeah, and he, he um he sees the the woman, uh, mm-hmm. the you know the Jessica who. So Jessica's the one who gets murdered, isn't she? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a few blondes in this film. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, a few being too. Uh, <laughs> but Je- he, he like he's like peering on Jessica getting changed, isn't he? Like through through the blinds. Yeah, well, and then and, and, and yeah, he's then, having a smoke and um. Well, he's just stood outside her room, and we get this like this kind of like interesting shot that's like it's just like keep it's it's a low shot of him and then it keeps just cutting back to like a slow zoom on like the, the number six door. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I didn't know, like at that point I was like, Oh, like, Oh, this is going somewhere interesting. Like this is going to be like, uh, I don't know, like at least it kind of, I, I expected it to become like an erotic thriller. Like, yeah, I think it's billed as an erotic thriller, isn't it? But you know, it doesn't. Okay. Doesn't quite. It's no. It's no Zandali, is it? No, no, no way. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <like that>. No. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh. Sorry. The. Just. Uh, <laughs> just thinking about Zandali. No, I'm just kind <laughs> wow. of trying to make sense of this, of of this plot, like. Uh, <laughs> Well, he has like, yeah, he it's that really like the first time he like looks through the looking glass. Mm. He see, he sees Tommy with like one of his women of the night. Yeah, and... which like, yeah, I, I, because she wasn't introduced before. I thought that was the cleaner. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a re- he's a real grotty bloke as well, isn't it? Like, this is not like. Is, this isn't a sexy film, is it? Like, no, no. Let's get that straight. Like, this is like I'm not sure if this is meant to be sexy, but like, it's not sexy. <laughs> no, no. And um, I mean, the the dog was cute. Not not sexy. <laughs> the dog was cute. That pops up. I was like, just clapping at the dog, like cute little pitbull. But come on, Tommy. Stop. 
you know, believe our time. Like and we get know. that like uh like dream sequence of Cage like yeah with the cleaner with the cleaner yeah yeah which <laughs> that I forgot about that that I don't think that was in my notes because like it it lasts for about maybe like a minute. The thing is, I can see what they're trying to do is like, yeah. But the machinations of the plot of this and where it goes, if it were about this man, just kind of like I don't know, like his descent into becoming mm. like this sleaze, the voyeur, yeah, yeah, to, like to what to what Ben like became, and yeah, would have been like that. That stuff would have been really interesting, and like this kind yeah. of like drama between him and his wife and like i don't know like mm. him just even if it's not like in a sleazy way just him becoming like obsessed with other people and kind of like yeah because it, it kind of teeters on that doesn't it mm-hmm. but then it, it, it doesn't quite like hit the mark well yeah it wants it wants its cake and like to eat it basically because it's like but it, oh, spread, but it spreads that around everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tastes like little little chunks and yeah, it's like i want the whole buffet it's like i want, I want one of everything I want one of everything yeah. on the menu. <laughs> it's a real like tapas of my, of, my, of, my <laughs> like, of a film of just like yeah, we'll have a bit of this we'll have a bit of that uh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah because i mean cage's character is like there he's a bit like that everyone's a bit inconsistent really so like at the start like i was like this guy's a recover well i'm not even a recovering alcoholic because he's knocking him back as he's driving you know something's happened he's trying to forget i'm like you shouldn't be drinking while driving and he and then after that he's just kind of having a can and a smoke which is like that's fine like he's running a motel by himself well with his wife Mm -hmm. but like you know he's just unwinding and like yeah, maybe he's a bit bored, but like he didn't like strike me as an alcoholic. But then like later on in the film, they're just like, and you were drinking when your daughter was killed. Yeah, the, all that stuff as well, and it kind of like teases all this stuff of they've got yeah. this like shady past, and it doesn't really like go into it massively. Like, no, uh, no. and I guess we should probably talk about like I guess a moment that like should be a sexy moment in the film is like, <laughs> the first time he like sees some some action that maybe get like gets him that would get would get ray excited is when some light like bdsm <laughs> yeah well, well 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 conveniently the woman in room six gets moved to room 10 and like yeah you can you can as soon as his wife said that, I was like, "Oh, he's! I bet he's rubbing it like oh, in his head, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> rubbing his knees. Oh, yeah, let's go." <laughs> and we get this like, and it's that's the thing. It's it's not sexy. It's just, it's really no. gross. Like <laughs> when it gets to the end of that scene, and he's like horn dogged up to the it, eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> Even <laughs> like you knew it was there. Uh, he was he was a bit feeling a bit randy when uh, he was just in his vest mm-hmm. and i was like here we go he's he's up to something here and then and then he goes back to his wife and he's like that's it like yeah let, i'm in my vest now let's let's go let's <laughs> it, and again like some 
And does that does that really like cheap interplay between sex and violence, doesn't it? Because it, it's cut in between him just kind of pounding away to you know to like the murder from the mysterious stranger. Yeah, again, like yeah. That that and I, I think there's a problem with that kind of thing because I think like there is an over sexualization of violence, uh, no, an over, uh, uh, yeah, an over sexualization yeah. of and and vice versa in general. Yeah. It's a big problem, yeah. especially in films. Like it is like it is always seen to be like quite like like, like, <laughs> <and> it's, like <gasps> some light tough with the uh, you know the crop. Or whatever. <laughs> but this, like, I, I don't know. I think like that is quite cheap. That kind of intercutting between, like, yeah, the, the violent act and them having sex, and it doesn't. He, he didn't seem like. I mean, I know they lost the daughter, and there was probably that kind of distance between them. But they didn't. The chemistry between them, they weren't. They weren't like I don't know. They didn't seem that like far apart. Like, I, to be honest, I was expecting them earlier for that, like, for the sex scene to happen between them. Yeah, well, like, because we get that moment like, earlier on where they argue about, like, adoption and, like, we kind of, that's when we first get the hint that, like, something has happened in their past. Like, yeah, yeah. Apart from the flashback where he's like, she's like, oh, well, you were over at the neighbor's house and, like, there's kind of like a mention of like her uh, being like a drug addict. It's like yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, what's like, what's going on? Happened here, yeah. But then that that's again that's a, that's a plot that's like that's a frame and not over here. Yeah, it's not really touched upon. Well, it feels much. like a lot of the time, like each each scene and each new character is introduced. You're like, oh, like. Here, here's a plot thread like so <laughs> and then you're about two-thirds of the way through and you're like how are you gonna wrap all this up yeah well like, yeah. one of the things i wanted like uh to talk about is what are your thoughts on the guy who works at the general store and his kind of cohorts who work in the garage the, the boys his boys yeah. will take care of it <laughs> <laughs> um i mean they're straight out of like david david lynch aren't they like they're kind of that conventionally like unattractive like a lot and he's got kind of got on that like slow intimidating descent on the on the um the car lift or whatever yeah 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 and and this guy you can't even the guy in the story like you can't even see his eyes because he's squinting so much and also he's playing some like he's either watching or playing some kind of like streets of rage like sega genesis kind of yes. game were you onto that and and i was like what is he doing there it looks like <laughs> I don't know. It it looks like um like Alien Storm or I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely bizarre, and I was like, "What is the significance of this?" Because because it's kind of got that David Lynch vibe. You're kind of like picking apart everything, aren't you? Well, that's the thing. I think it's like throw, throwing all this stuff at us, but it's it, it's, it's style over like substance with that stuff. And yeah, it's, yeah. Like a lot of this, we get a lot of shots that are like the motel sign like in reflections of puddles and stuff like that and i'm like yeah which look looks great like there there was a lot of stuff like actually like want to draw because like i I just love like you know those kind of um there's that instagram account called like 
one perfect shot or whatever. It's stuff like that. You know, that just lines up like a rule yeah, third yeah. or symmetrical or whatever. And there's loads of that, which is great. But then, you know, <laughs> not much happens. <laughs> that, that, that guy as well, like you say, like, He's supposed to be this double R bastard. He's, he's make out like, oh, I can get anything sorted for you. And as yeah. you said, he's playing like Battle Axe or you know I mean? Golden Axe or something. It's yeah, like... yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Like, it's a it's a petrol station, so there's not much to do. Like, you've you, mm-hmm. you need you need a hobby, which is which is fine. But like, you know what? <laughs> like, I want to know what it is. And I haven't gone down like the trivia trail yet, but. I don't know if that it, it's probably not even mentioned. <laughs> just no. kind of just throw away like, oh, he's playing like a, a Mega Drive ROM or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and also, like, what can he take care of? Because the town just seems to be the motel and the garage <laughs> and the police station, wherever that is. Well, and the thing is as well, like, <laughs> as 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 the plot goes on as well, everyone keeps saying like everyone in this town knows everyone and like everyone's in each other's pockets and it's like well, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like you do know each other because everyone uh, there's so many like secrets everyone's got a secret yeah 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 and like what what are the boys doing whose car is it like like i did i mean i do i do kind of like that trope but like mm-hmm. it, like you said it didn't go anywhere with it well like this brings me on to like from one group of weird characters to to a wholly bizarre character all to himself. The character Howard. What did you make of <laughs> what did you make of Howard? Well, the first time I watched it, like that it was probably it was probably was about twenty eighteen and I like caught on Netflix and um I had the flu. And um I was just like, Is that Riley from Buffy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's Mark Lucas, and he's playing someone more interesting than than Riley. I know that's not not hard to do, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, huh? Like at least he's he's still getting work. That's good. But ha- Howard is all over the place. He he reminds me of that kind of like Frank from Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. He like it'll go from naught to eleven like that. Like he, well, maybe not like Frank. But like you know, from just like oh, I'm a, I'm your mate, but then you know I'm mega intense like in the next second. Well, that whole like first meeting between him and Ray, again, like just made me think like this feels like it's been like pulled off of the cutting room floor of a Twin Peaks episode. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, you know what, I could go for a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of get this. And then there's this whole thing about like, oh, I, I, I don't make the coffee, but Ben used to make the coffee. And then he, he's like getting the coffee together. And then I don't know if you noticed it as well, but there's a there's a split second shot of like him filling up the um the decanter, you know, in the coffee machine. Yeah, yeah. It's like blinking, you miss it. But like, it's just him pouring like it's top down from the the uh, coffee machine, and it's just him pouring it in. And I'm just like. It's so weird why that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't need to be in there. So like he's introduced to be like the town cop, isn't it? And then like <laughs> the only town cop. He's he's just like fascinated with just, every time he comes in, he's like, So have you been you've been speaking to Ben? Like Ben, ben has Ben. Yeah, where, where's Ben? Where's yeah, ben? have you got Ben's number? And Ben Ben 
conveniently has disconnected his number. He's he's off the map. He's done. Yeah, this well, thing. he he kind of calls from someone else's um, phone at the start of the film, doesn't yes. he? And he's like, there's this kind of weird um, juxtaposition between uh, Ray and and Ben because Ben's like the frantic, like, oh yeah, 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 get a new microwave. You know, everything's there. You you know, bye. And then he puts the phone down, and you know, Nick Cage is very like. He's very like slow spoken, mm-hmm. you know, plodding. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, and it it was just so weird. And then Ben's gone. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you're like, where is Ben? <laughs> well, should we, should we talk about like I don't know, like the 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 bit the the highlight of this film, which is their night off at the casino and Nick <laughs> the dancing. dancing, yeah, the yeah. dancing, yeah. I specifically wrote Nick Cage dances and. Apart from, apart from Wild at Heart, like I couldn't think of any other films where he dances, and it, it is a very different kind of dancing. Mm-hmm. And like there are two different, very like different eras of Cage. So I, I don't like, you know, with your breadth of viewing, do any come to mind? And do they kind of match up to this? <laughs> uh, nothing comes to mind, like straight off, straight off the top of my head, but. I would say, like, I think, like, dancing can normally, like, tell you a bit about a character. And, like, (laughs) I can't can't tell if he's, like, ironically dancing because his wife finds it hilarious. Like, Yeah. Yeah, she's loving it, isn't she? Yeah, and he's kind of, he, like, he's doing this, like, I don't know, he's, like, it's like he's, like, just hitting, like... Yeah, yeah. I I mean, if you could see us both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and um yeah he's just kind of doing a shuffle which mm-hmm. I, to be honest like that's that's how i dance as a yeah. as, as a white man like you know that's just how it goes and <laughs> like if i was pissed um you know oh yeah i'll be cracking the whip all over the place yeah yeah and probably after watching this this is it's me go-to move Especially if I if if I won the jackpot at the casino, I'd yeah. be cracking the whip on the dance. <laughs> um, yeah, not knocking him back and yeah, doing his little two step and yeah, it was it was absolutely bizarre and yeah, this isn't even halfway through the film, is it? No, well let's let yeah let's kind of talk about like uh, I don't like again a moment uh, uh, something that like. Oh, here's a plot. For, here's another plot thread. I know, and and like I'm, I am quite conscious that we are jumping around, but there is so much to like unpack with this film, and like no, I no, think no, that's yeah, why that's what this is. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why I enjoyed it. Like, I, like I like I look back at me first letterbox review. Um, I won't spoil it now, but like first time it was two and a half, and I like when I was on back, I was like, oh, that was a bit harsh. Like, there must have been. You know, must have been delirious watching that because, <laughs> like, when maybe it was, it was watching it in this kind of like um, analytical way and you know, really picking mm-hmm. it apart. But I, I was, I was loving it. I was like, there's so much in this film to talk about. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's yeah. The next part is the dead pig in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Again, which... <laughs> Which it feels like somebody somewhere, whether it's the writer, um, oh, what's the writer's name? Did it, uh, Jerry Rapp, or like whether it's the director, or like somebody was like, right, let's tick off another like David Lynch, like kind of 
reference here because we kind of get this like mm-hmm. weird note inside of the pig and it's like a, a yeah a high it's a, sc- it's a high prank sc- <laughs> yeah, but it's a high school photo of this girl chrissy who yeah. has died all these years ago and it's like right yeah You've already alluded to David Lynch here, so now you're it's showing us very like... Laura Palmer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and also the pig wrapped in plastic as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I physically at this point, like, because he gets the pig, like, and just takes it and burns it in the desert. I was genuinely watching this guy, like, what are you doing? What do you want? Yeah. Like, yeah, save it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I was also thinking that. But I mean, he's pissed. And that also, I mean, I, I always get a bit like whenever I see a gun in a film and whenever I see someone drink driving in a film, I'm like, oh, this is, this is bad. Like, you know, specifically someone pointing a gun at someone else joking. I'm like, nah, this is going to go wrong. And, you know, I'm like, he's pissed. He's burning a body. Well, it's not a body. Well, it's a pig. Um, this isn't gonna go well. Like, why? Just keep keep the pig as evidence. Yeah. Call your mate. Call your mate Howard. He seems all right at this point. <laughs> 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 It'll be fine. But you know, is like Maggie's distraught, isn't she? Um, and Cage is just kind of, you know, trying doing his best. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, but what is he doing? <laughs> Well, then we get like when he when he comes back to the motel and like he's like really flustered, isn't he? And uh, Tommy's there, and that's when we get in with like his exposition bomb, don't we? Like, yeah, it's like, ooh, uh, that's that's the high school girl that was cut up yeah, <laughs> and like jumped in the she she cut herself and jumped in the pot. Oh yeah, well, it's not yeah. He doesn't say like she was murdered at that point. Mm-hmm. She was just killed herself, didn't she? And um, you know. And, and then, we get, the pool. then we get like somebody who's just in like quite bizarre, like maybe a bit like persistent on trying to find out about Ben. We have Howard back with like where he, as you said, he is coming in hot on 11 at this point. Yeah. And he's kind of like, and it's did great. You do it? he's like, oh. Did you do it? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? And he's like, did you do what? <laughs> yeah. Cage K- 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 is acted in that as well. He's like, he's like, he he does look like a, a, a man scared. He's like, did I do what? Yeah. Did I do what? Did I do what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, did you do it? Did you do it right? Did you do it right? <laughs> and he's like, he seems, I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to say I relate to Ray with the dancing and how he's reacting like in this scene, but like, I I, <laughs> I crumble of any confrontation, so I'd be the same if I was grilling, if I was getting grilled by Howard, Riley from Buffy. I'd be shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I think that's that's a fine reaction. And then he, he does that thing where he's just like, I'm just messing. Yeah, <laughs> he's traumatised, like, right? Which is really like, I don't know, it's like alarming and like, spoke, like it's, quite, it's quite an alarming thing to say, isn't it, on screen? Because it's like, oh, like, oh, I do, like yeah. but at that point, like, so... I, I don't know I don't know why a red flag wasn't going for. I just thought like this is just a, a really quirky character. He's just a policeman, <laughs> just oh, yeah. a nasty policeman. Yeah, I just thought like, do you know what I mean? Like, or like, well, I, I had no idea where this film was going. 
Yeah, because you don't you like you have no idea where it's going. No, even at the end of it, you're like, where like, is it I, go? I mean, this was second viewing, so I'm like, yeah, like, oh, I mean, spoilers, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it, he's the guy who does it, so I'm just like, yeah, he's an obed. Like, don't trust him, right? Like, you're right to burn the pig, and but just don't tell him anymore. Um, you know, he's but like first time viewing, I remember being like, oh, he's a He's a bit of a joker, isn't he? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, just a bit intense. You don't really know what to make of him. Oh yeah, and then then we get uh, Ray with some more of his some more of his lurking, which like the Ken like yeah. This, this, there's a fantastic shot at one point where he's like, it looks like he stood at the back of the motel, like in a really like derelict part, and he's like just looking at the room <laughs> that is like room 10 and you can see the blue light emanating out of the window. Yeah, and then Maggie's watching him watch the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so like you said before, it's that kind of viewer as a voyeur, isn't it? Um, before I forget, can we just jump back to that um, scene where Tommy's giving the exposition? Yeah, of course. Um, he's kind of like, he's in this daze, isn't he? And Tommy's like, you know, you know, there was a girl, it's very tragic. Ben didn't do you any favors leaving it. But he kind of pulls out this is I don't know what dollar like no it was, but like it's some money. Just starts cleaning his glasses with it. It's absolutely bizarre. I'm just like, <laughs> why is it <laughs> I'm like, why is he doing it? <laughs> Who Ray? And, Ray. Ray, Ray, yeah. yeah. yeah just yeah. pulls out yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's so strange. But I was like Yes. <laughs> again, again, I would love to know if that was a stylistic choice to be like, let's just weird out the audience here, keep yeah, them second guessing at any moment. It, it seems like it. It seems like a choice Cage would do because it, it's not really in with Ray's character. But then maybe the character Ray's, like Cage's base and Ray off, has probably got some kind of you know reference point for it that yeah. he's this kind of. He's got this disregard for money. I mean, it's uh, it's probably only one dollar, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it it's, it just really stood out. And so... and Tommy doesn't seem that bothered that you know Nick Cage. He's he's not like the most gracious host, is he? Because if we go back to um his first meeting with Tommy, he gives some really shit customer service, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, he's just like, oh, give me your money. Like you can have like. Why don't we intend? Like that's a bit weird. <laughs> but uh yeah. <laughs> we're kind of set up with all these like I don't know. So like you said, it's all these threads, isn't it? And Yeah, and it's like that thing of like we know, like you know when you see the figure of the man who killed Jessica, that it's mm. it, it it's definitely not Tommy. Yeah. Because yeah. like he's a heavy set guy, and it's like, well, it's not him. Like, yeah, and he's he's not. He was that the same night um, they got put in room room six. Yeah. So uh, so to- like yeah, to he- Tommy and his um, his mistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got put in room yeah. six. Yeah, um, yeah. But then, like, there's it, it's that thing. It's a murder mystery with not enough like suspects. <laughs> yeah, because we got introduced to Tommy. Can't be him because he's you know banging in room sex. Could be the 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 store clerk. Could be one of the boys. Could be Howard. So you know that's that's about six suspects. 
or but five. even like the boys, like there's if it was any of them, there 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 there's been not enough. Inter- there's been maybe one or two interactions, which no, you just like... see what one of them with the scowl and the long face, and he's dead gangly, isn't he? And I can't remember what the other two look like. They're just like two guys. It would have just made it seem like it was like some like something very episodic, whether it's like a criminal minds episode or do you know what I mean? One of these yeah. two procedurals, like and yeah, yeah, and I, I mean up. that that kind of makes sense given his like Tim Hunter's track record. Yeah, with, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe not Glee, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It could be a real dark episode of Glee. It, it, it could be actually. <laughs> so, to jump back to the plot. Um, we get the moment when they like the TV reveals that the body of that because up until this point, like the woman in room six who moved to room ten, uh, yeah, had, they just thought she had left early. Like, yeah, because like they they like to sleep in, don't they? So they wouldn't have seen her go mm-hmm. or anything like that. So he, he, I mean, he did a good job considering, like you know, finding the body. Yeah, so but like, so her body's again. I have no idea of the passage of time in this film. No, me neither. That's why I'm like, did he do a good job of finding the body? I have have no idea if like Tommy's there every night, or like he's there. I don't know, once a week or once a month. Yeah, because it's kind of like in this weird time space. Because what what also threw me about the film is the kind of they always say like they're going between like hot and cold so they're saying like oh it's cold out in the desert and then he he says this thing to howard where he's like oh why are you drinking coffee when it's so hot and also like um when jessica's staying in in the motel <clears throat> which seems for like about a week she's going swimming she's sunbathing mm-hmm. but the skies are gray and ray's always in plaid honorable mention to his plaid wardrobe yeah, it's fantastic, like, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, very like after watching for the autumnal season, I think. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's very much dressed like Red Miller at the beginning of Mandy, and yeah. it's like that film looks cold, they look like they're in like a yeah, a, a, a cold landscape. Whereas this, yeah, there's a whole thing like, what are you drinking coffee in, in yeah, the heat? But and it's like... <laughs> it, 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 looks, it looks freezing because like he's cleaning. And he says it's the off season, and I'm just like, you know, like, uh, is she, why is she sunbathing when it's freezing? You know, why is he cleaning up the pool when it's freezing? And oh, I'm like, no wonder he's drinking coffee because he's chilly. And um, yeah, it's it's in this kind of like non-time. That yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And I, I hadn't really thought about that like kind of aspect of it of this thing of mm. like. But then is that is is that intentional? Or is that just really lazy, really bad script writing? That's uh, or maybe like um, they couldn't afford like the motel during the like peak times, so they have to film it in the off season. But the script was written during like the mm-hmm. you know the peak season. Uh, I don't know. It's it's strange, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing because there's as as you said, there's references to it in the script for it being off season. So I don't. I guess they needed the stuff of the woman sunbathing in order for Cage to like for Ray Start to be being, like, being obsessed with her. Yeah, to be like like sleezing on her and like for a 
for a shot of having like uh like peering over the fence while she's uh sunbathing and swimming and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it gives it gives an excuse oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have robin tunney like in a in a in a like a, a, a small top like do you know what I mean? yeah quite, yeah quite chesty it's really hot and it's like but why as you said well then he's he... got so many layers on yeah he look, he, he... he's got his plaid on he's got his like granddad shirt on and he's obviously got this vest on underneath that's the thing so, uh, how is he not, how is the just for men from his beard not running in that hate <laughs> i think i think this is a good time to mention that my main note for his for his hair is just black toner just underlined oh it's very just for men isn't it, <laughs> it it's it's like too black you know like yeah. when like I don't, it, rem- I... it reminded me of um, do you know the US office when yes. Creed puts toner in his hair to appear younger? Mm-hmm. It's that. <laughs> it's that. it's just jet black to a point where it looks coloured in. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I, I don't know. It's 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 bizarre. And the only thing I could think about was that, like, uh, what's his name, Gerald Foos, the mm. guy who like. The actual voyeur. The, the actual voyeur has that like horrible dyed black beard. Oh, really? And that's the oh, only thing I, I could. I didn't, I, I, yeah, I, I forgot could, about that. But, I, I mean, could. I could think was maybe like Cage had done some like I don't know like because there's a thing he, like, did, it, he did it himself. He turned up. <laughs> yeah, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't go amiss with uh, no uh, Cage. Cage. Yeah. So yeah, at this point now, I guess. Wait, well, I don't. Well, when you look at your watch, I I didn't really keep track of like the times in this, but I I would be hesitant. Yeah, I'd be he- uh, hedging a guess that probably around like the point we're discussing in the script here, mm. it's around the hour mark, and this is like an hour thirty six, right? And then yeah, we get yeah. introduced to the woman in the red car, like yes. who, who, the woman of many the- names. Yeah, the the blonde dominatrix. Mm-hmm. So she's. I'm sure she's credited as yeah the other the other blonde I was thinking of <laughs> not Cassie not Jessica or Chrissy and but, she she wants to become like yeah she she's like ah oh, I'll go in room ten it was really peachy and then again yeah. it's and like, that's I mean I I don't know like the peaches like the Nicolas Cage fruit isn't it yes and you know if if you have to say Nicholas Cage as a fruit, you say peach. I don't know. I'd go to maybe a prickly pear from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Vegas>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he, he can eat peach for hours. So. That is true. So maybe uh, that outweighs <laughs> a prickly pear. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a fruit salad of that, maybe. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I was like, did they? Did they know? Like, he's he's the peach. <laughs> 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 so yeah we get that howard comes to the the motel once again and manages to catch like when ray's kind of I don't, does he explain where he is is he in the crawl space like where is he he's left his um, phone isn't he isn't he just cl- he's oh yeah he's cleaning off the room because uh ava the cleaner she finds a snake in the bath yes 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 and, and then, he, he's uh, kind of doing this this thing, you know, he's pointing at his eyes and then he's pointing at the bed mm-hmm. while he's in there, or is that before? I don't know. Just well, and then, <laughs> and then he he like Howard comes and speaks to 
uh, Maggie about Ray. Yeah. And then yeah. Ray watches, uh, yeah, and then like we cut to that night and then like Ray's watching the, the, the second mysterious woman with another woman, again, in something that's supposed to be quite a steamy scene. <laughs> we get this reveal of like feet, feet and cigarette smoke. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which again, very David Lynch. But at that point, like, I think Ray leaves, right? Whereas, like, he should... Yeah, he, it, it reminded me of 8mm this bit, because mm-hmm. even though... Ugh, even though it's quite like, you know, it's it's quite like, it's deemed as quite um, quite heavy BDSM. It's it's not really, is it? No. <laughs> it's really not. But he's he, like like eight millimeter. He's he's kind of visibly shocked at this, isn't he? He's, he's like trying to look away, but he can't. And he like, <laughs> I, I actually can't tell. Um, I can't tell if it's like I can tell if he's loving it or not. Yeah, if he was cracking one off, I was like, <laughs> yeah, because he's. You see, he's got great teeth. He's wide-eyed, you know, yeah. Yeah. I know about... <laughs> I'll send them to you if you want. I've got a few, like, screenshots of some of the faces he pulls while he's behind... Yeah, perfect. But they will be, they'll be the accompanying thing. this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it's it's this weird array of faces where I'm just like, how is he feeling? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I can't... He, he, like you said, I think he leaves, doesn't he? Well, he Before it gets waited. a bit too heavy, yeah. Well, he should have <laughs> waited to find out who that mystery man was. Yeah. Does but he it... see the mystery man though? Or... Yeah, he notices. Like he notices. Oh, yeah. He kind of looks off to the side, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. He notices the feet and like cigarette smoke coming from like the adjacent yeah. room, and it's like, all oh, right, like why? Why has he done that? The only reason he has done that is to to service the plot. As opposed to like, well, does it uh, service the plot though? Because well, yeah, like, it makes but, this it makes this film just go go on a bit longer. Because if, if we found out <laughs> then, if we found out then, then the film would have been over a half hour earlier. I I can't remember if the the novice dominatrix um, if she gets murdered or not. No, no, so no, it, no, no, nobody else gets murdered. So yeah, so it it <laughs> is. I know it's supposed to imply like he's the murderer but he could just be a man watching Mm -hmm. so it's (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing it's like this thing of like i was like even up until that point i was like oh so this is gonna like is there gonna be like some conspiracy some kind of yeah is there gonna be another murder is there gonna be is it gonna be this kind of like true detective style thing that like ray is gonna act like accidentally or he's going to uncover this kind of like this bit of corruption <laughs> that is like going on in this, this town steady pits of like yeah. yes sir. <laughs> well just like ev- everyone in in this like town is in on this like horrible thing and this kind of like weird like bdsm sex ring and i was like well, that's like yeah yeah that's going I mean, to it, like some... it seems all consensual though so that's why i was like Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like it's. Yeah. I mean, did... it, I mean, if apart from the murder, that that doesn't seem. Apart, yeah, the murder's not consensual, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Yeah, like, is he uncovering this like sex ring? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like swingers or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, and then we get like Cage. 
goes over to the guy at the general store as well because he's kind of like we we get this almost like falling down narrative as well that Ray's like losing his like shit yeah everyone isn't he yeah like, it's just a bit isolated like there's only so many chores you can do you know <laughs> there's only the, the the same two people you can watch through a window you know he's um yeah he does seem like he's losing his shit a bit at that point doesn't he and he, he pops off at the guy at the uh petrol station doesn't he? yeah, he's, he's yeah. Like, like that's it he that's why he leaves the no no, he leaves the room for his on his own accord, and he notices <laughs> that somebody throws paint against yes. the front of the motel. Or, or below. yeah, yeah. And is it one of the boys? Is it is it a teenager? Like they said. Um, and he kind of sniffs the paint, doesn't he? And I think when he confronts the guy at the petrol station, he says, "I don't know if it's paint or blood," and it's like. Well, I'm sure you'd be able to smell if it was paint, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> but he smelled it as well. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you yeah. smelled it. No, if it was paint. Yeah, why, why are you in such, like, it's no pig, is it? It's like, you know, I'll give him something to do in the morning. Like, it's fine. Well, well that's the, like, the thing is, like, I've, I, like, I've smelt paint. I know what paint smells like, like. Yeah, and, and like, who's getting confused between paint and blood? Come on, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. they have different, like, they have vastly different like viscosities and like textures to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the way it splatters, like you said, viscosities, like the way it splatters, it's clearly paint. But <laughs> yeah. well, that's Let's not turn this into uh, the Petros Patsovas bl- uh, blood or paint uh, podcast. That's another one. Yeah. That's the Patreons only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a, a video series of me yeah. looking at it's different images. Or blood? <laughs> Let's mm. find out. So he kind of goes on this like confronting, Vendetta, yeah, like like I'll get those kids, like who threw the pig and and all that. But then, like, it kind of it's, it's ramping up pretty quickly because, like, it goes from he notices the man, the paints on the window, he confronts the guy in the petrol station, and then he yeah. notices that the red car's leaving. Jumps, jump, jumps in the yeah. Truck. He goes gung ho, doesn't he? He's like going to follow. Going to. Matt- it, it might have been them. Or maybe like that's the thing. I think maybe he thinks it's the the mystery man. Yeah, that that's I, I to be honest, like yeah, thinking about it, like who does he think it is? Like, does he think it's someone is it the mystery man or is it like these punk kids? Or is he just like in such a rage at this point that he'll just follow anything red? Yeah. Well, that that like when he like he confronts her in a bar, doesn't he? Like he tracks yeah. her down, and um, again, is... do you want to yeah. take it? Yeah, take <laughs> take us through this, John. Come on. I mean, he this this is. I mean, if there was an updated cage free cult, this this would be in there. I think it reminded me of um in Bad Lieutenant where he just kind of whips a gun. On that elderly woman <laughs> um but it i mean it, it kind of boils to that point doesn't it he kind of goes in and I, I don't know if he's trying to be like a bit covert at this point but he goes in and he's like i know you know who chrissy is 
or he's trying to like interrogate like oh yeah he's, uh, you know who jessica is doesn't he like uh, yeah sorry i'm yeah, getting yeah. the um <laughs> me murders mixed up nice <laughs> um yeah he's, he's yeah i know who jessica is and she like she's got a very a testimony's full of holes isn't it because she's like yeah she was just a friend and then he's like well do you know about the murder and she's like no and she, <laughs> and then he starts grilling her a bit doesn't he well it's that thing as well because like there could be a really interesting story in this of like a man who can't speak about something because the way in which he found out about it is obviously yeah yeah through this voyeur like and it kind of it plays it plays about with that but it doesn't feel yeah. like there's any real world consequences like no, because it kind of it, it kind of plays with that a bit later on when he his wife confronts him, doesn't it? Yeah. But we'll stick on this for now. Um, so, so he ends up, yeah, he ends up confronting her and then uh, whips out a whips out a, a pistol. He's like, "Don't ever come near my fucking motel again." Yeah, like, and he, like... he absolutely batters that bouncer, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "This man give me trouble." And then you don't you don't expect it from Ray, old Ray. I don't, how how old is he supposed to be? Cause... I have no idea. But the thing I love about like this whole like scene is at the end of it, he's like tucked a cigarette away, like in his hand. Yeah, and, like, and... <laughs> turns it round and starts like finishes it off, and I'm like, yeah, the... that's cool. Yeah, I think he smokes it the wrong way at, at the start as well, because he he kind of puts it in his mouth, and then like I'm sure he turns it round as well. <laughs> Like after he's like tried to take a drag, but Perfect. he's obviously just burnt his tongue. We've all been there, Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that and sipping a that and sipping a bottle of beer at a house party that's got a cigarette butt in it. Don't worry, Ray. Oh, we've, yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there, buddy. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> so we've when he gets something we shouldn't. <laughs> when he gets home from this, uh, again. A film that I, I'm guessing this is like this film is supposed to be a little bit sexy or like, do you know what I mean? It's like, and then, oh, like, <laughs> like, like, I, I don't think I'd like, I, I, I don't personally find it sexy, but I think like somewhere down the line, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be like erotic, like, do you know what I mean? It's going to be erotic. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know what you mean. Like, and <laughs> I, I kind of get what they're going for because, like, with the blue light. Also, like Ben Ben, the former motel owner, he's he's clearly put this light in room ten, hasn't he? This sexy mm-hmm. blue light. <laughs> yeah. Like a like a moth to a flame, I guess. But um yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not, again, not quite Zandali, is it? <laughs> well, when he gets home, he has this argument with Maggie as well. Yeah. When everything kind of like comes, it to comes the... to a head, doesn't it? Yeah, but like about their past, like she wants to do pills, like she's been watching him kind of like just peering on people and stuff like that. And then, like, yeah, she and... knows he's being a bit pervy and you know, looking in window. She doesn't know, like, she's going through the looking glass at the moment, but like, she's like, oh no, you're cheating on me again, like, the. He, like he was socializing was mm-hmm. with the neighbor um yeah and you know she's been falling back into bad habits and stuff like that and she's been using again and 
yeah, it's kind of comes out of nowhere, really, because the scene before he was, you know, they seemed to made up. So this was like a perfect moment to talk about uh, Robin Tunney in this. Like, yeah. what, what do you make of her, like, acting and, like, her character? Um, I mean, I think it's down to the to the script, really. Or maybe it's her choices, I don't know. But she seems a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. And for the first half of the film, she's asleep in every scene. Yeah. In the car, she's asleep. You know, um, he's... He, he kind of tries to make the move on and she's like, oh, no, no, not now I'm sleeping. And that's when he goes as a look the first time. And then, you know, she just keeps me sleeping and then she starts to get involved in the admin and stuff like that. But I don't know, she doesn't really come into it halfway through. So for the first half of it, we we kind of just get, get the um, characterization that she's Ray's wife. And especially with like the R tattooed on her, yeah, <laughs> on well, her. like it's the R for Ray. <laughs> I don't know. I, again, like the font it's in, it reminded me of the R and R Diner from Twin yeah. Peaks. Like, yeah, because <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it was not to that. Well, then I was like, did were they just kind of like this sailor and Lula kind of like mm-hmm. wild, passionate couple back in the day? But they fought, fell on hard times. But then they both were quite young. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's because the toner, and you know they always cast the younger actress, don't they? Yeah, well, I think this falls down to a thing that it is that unfortunately Robin uh, Robin Tunney gets so little to do in yeah, this to work with. Like, yeah, it would have been great to see <clears> this, as I mentioned earlier, a story about this couple coming to loggerheads about like. Whether it is her husband, their like, I don't know. They're, they're Maybe so many... coming to the terms with like their own marriage and the death of the child, and because like the marriage was falling apart in the first place, and like it's, um, it's kind of like I mean, Face Off kind of does that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not really. They just kind of slap a bandaid on it at the end of that. But anyway, um, yeah, the the film could have been a lot of things, couldn't it? But yeah, or like, like even even tackling the subject of uh, like voyeurism as like yeah, I, I, I've mentioned or alluded to earlier this idea of like him just like not even if it's it doesn't have to be in a sexual way, him just being fascinated with other people's lives. Yeah, like, yeah, that would Maybe have been really felt trapped or something. I don't know. Well, that would have been really interesting. Like what 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 could be really interesting with this kind of like setup is finding mm. this this. Um, looking glass and i don't know so like a a family come to stay and he's just obsessed with observing the family yeah kind of like how they work and it's like he he can't he can't tell his wife about this this other life he's observing (laughs) because obviously like the thing like the thinking but at the same time like that's driving him crazy and driving a wedge between like it and that's the thing like the the web pulls on a lot of threads, doesn't it? And um Whereas this, like, is this thing like it's not the the thing that it's the the outward voyeurism that is that that makes him like makes her realise. And it's the blatant voyeurism, it's him standing in the middle of the brightly lit car park 
staring at people. Yeah, just having a cig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it loses that. It it loses that element of mystery that could have made yeah. this like really, really interesting. But like this scene turns from argument. Like and again, yeah. It's great, it's it escalates great. quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It's great physical acting, though, and you do kind of like get this um, idea of the couple that they were. Like when yeah. she starts like lashing out and hitting him, and he's like, "Just get it out, just get it out." And it's like that thing yeah. of like, you learn more about their kind of like past relationship History. and yeah, who yeah. they are in that one exchange than any of the kind of like slots. Yeah, the because they kind of like it really jumped out at me at the start of the film because like the only dialogue between them is like you know can you get a new microwave mm -hmm. have you done this chore have you done that chore you know this is this is a nice place it's a bit small you know it's really like yeah. low-key domestic stuff and you don't get you don't get anything do you what i would have uh, really loved uh for this film to be is just a, an actual sequel to being john malkovich and the the tunnel he found uh, <laughs> in, 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 into the head of uh john Cus uh john cusack and uh it it mirrors the time that he was making being john malkovich so it's him inside of the head of being john where when uh, when he's um the, the calfman character yeah exactly bang like oh yeah he go, he go, yeah 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 <laughs> That'd be great at the end when he, he does finally go through and he kind of comes out and he's got this like little wig on. Perfect. Like curly wig. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's about 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next morning he explains to Maggie about the the voyeur tunnel and the looking glass. And yeah. He rightfully and... freaks out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just as bad, really, as, you know, what she thought. You know, it's just as bad, and you like you said, quite rightly freaks out. Yeah, but then, then we get my old mate comes back, Howard. Oh, good. <laughs> that's I mean. There is this one scene does like have some ten like tension to it. Uh, mm. In the like, he's shadowing him cleaning the the like room ten, and there's this praying yeah. mantis on. Yes. On, oh on my the God. mirror. Yeah. I didn't know what significance this had, but apparently, like, I, I mean, I've never seen a praying mantis before, but, um, like, listening to another podcast about this, like, I think it's got some, like, that's a thing you don't do in America. Like, you don't kill a praying mantis. And um, I'm not sure how true that is. But, oh, really? Yeah. Like, they're quite, I don't think they're endangered, but, like, um, think of what equivalent it'd be but it's 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 a quite a substantial insect isn't it mm -hmm. i i thought maybe like the praying mantis was the whole idea of because it was this thing of like uh bdsm and like, uh, you know like there's the thing with the praying mantis that the, yeah, the, eating the, the lover yeah the the the, the female like yeah. uh, kills the male like after yeah after yeah impregnated i thought that maybe it was like alluding to that but then like it doesn't pay off like because the it's not it, i don't know maybe that was trying to give us a hint to like oh it could be a female killer it could be this woman of many names in the red car uh, i just saw like 
I don't know, like the fact he kills it with a Bible as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just really gross, isn't it? Like all the yeah, splattered and it, guts and goo. He, he kind of reminds me of White Goodman in the scene because he goes like, eh, like, you know, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> ugly enough, but not really. Like, And Howard, like, gives a, like, again, turns on a dime and he's like, what I found, like, laughable as well. He's like, oh, yeah. Even out here in, like, rinky-dink nowhere, we have access to, like... <laughs> I've big... got a printout. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, big, big-time big police files. It's like, okay, you've just <laughs> out, like, a printout. You Googled or... Ray, surname. <laughs> yeah, you've just pulled out a news clipping. It's not like he pulled out... I don't know, it would have been weird if he'd had the dossier with him. Uh, a full, yeah, it's, like, record of, you know, but his he... statement. To, about his daughter or whatever. Even then, he could have just said the facts. Like he didn't need to pull out this little piece of paper. Yeah. And go, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And it, then, <laughs> yeah, it's the fact he's got this yeah crumpled printout, and I'm like, mm. so very high tech. We find out like about like the the nitty gritties of who Ray and Maggie were. And it's, as you, as you said, rightfully, he was an alcoholic. She was a, uh, she was a prescription. Substance pill to, abuse. Yeah. yeah. Substance and it's, it, it sounds like painkillers or something. She was mm-hmm. on. And um, there is this thing that, that they could have potentially been neglectful to their child because mm. he was sleeping with the neighbor yeah. at the time. She that, was high their daughter fell out the window and all i could think about uh when like that that was said is the lars von trier film antichrist which uh i haven't um, i haven't seen that before. which begins with a couple indulging in passions of the flesh whilst, <laughs> whilst their child falls out of a window which oh is, uh, right okay uh Again, shared universe, maybe. And then subsequently them getting away to a secluded location to try and Uh, get over their grief. Uh, Oh, right, okay. Which is a film that, like, deals with grief maybe in uh, a more brutal and, like, fascinating way. But at the Mm. same time, a film that you will watch once and maybe (laughs) never again. (laughs) (laughs) Ray eventually tracks down Ben, the kind of like gr- big yes. golden goose of this film. Yeah, uh, the holy grail of motel owners. There's this great sequence of Nick Cage obviously like ringing all these people and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but what, did, what did you make of this kind of meeting? They go out to the desert and this is way back when this episode started. That moment I alluded uh, or talked about about the score with it like all of a sudden going a bit like spaghetti western yeah and especially with all the um the oh, I, I i don't i don't know me uh me foliage but it's all those like small cactuses and yeah, yeah. you know tumbleweed and stuff like that and it is like a bit of a showdown isn't it and just the way it's set up and you know you've seen it before in like a million films like they're going to meet in an open place and then one of them's going to get shot mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, like you, you kind of get a sense that Ben, Ben is um this 
don't know, conspiracy theorist or he's paranoid or whatever, but he comes in with this Geiger counter or something or a metal detector. It doesn't really look like a metal detector, but... I think it's supposed to be to, like, detect but, wires. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I was like, it's it doesn't look like anything else I've seen. <laughs> it's like they couldn't find the right prop or something. Well, that moment, it very much reminded me of uh, a lot of scenes in Breaking Bad. Yeah, like yeah, out, just out in the desert, two people meeting up, like cars, but yeah. a lot of yeah. like uh, suspicion and paranoia and stuff. Like yeah, that. like just parking up in the middle of a desert mm-hmm. and the dust blowing, and then you know waiting around. And I, I, I'm sure it happens in Breaking Bad as well. Two people meeting, one of them gets shot. <laughs> that yeah, way. yeah. Well, the things that Ben t- like tells us as well is he is for me the closest person to Gerald for, uh, Foes. Yeah, because he, he, I've, I've wrote it down. Um, he specifically mentions, like, a, a, he's studying people. It's a sociological study. And, um, he's, yeah, he, he's he's doing it for the research, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, gives, gives Ray a way out, doesn't he? He says, I'll give you half your money back, you and your lovely <laughs> wife. Just get out of there. But, like, yeah. it's like, what what is it's because he's asking him about uh, chrissy isn't he and he's that's like, right yeah that, he's like that, just get out where you can it's a bit of a rabbit hole like you yeah. know i can't believe you found the um the thing because it hid it so well <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like just board it up get out of there um yeah like yeah. it's some cursed object i guess it is but and then you know. out of nowhere snipered Ben, 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 no. shot. Who, who, who could that be? I wonder. <laughs> well, the thing for me is at this moment, I was like, "Oh, right, this is now. It's really getting interesting." I was like, "How long? How, how long is left?" And I looked. At there's my... about there's about ten minutes at this point, isn't there? Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay. This feels like a kind of like mid mid plot kind of like." Yeah, this is Whoa. like the crescendo isn't it there's a midpoint where you know everything's changing and maybe he goes on the run or you know he's being hunted by by the boys and the police force because they're all in some kind of mad sex ring and you know but but then it's just like right well no like we've done this (laughs) go on wrap it up (laughs) that plot line's done like we've literally like that that plot line can't go any further because we we found ben we found ben He's (laughs) he's dead so we can't get any more information and then he goes back, he like tries to chase down this car, or doesn't, gets back to the hotel, realises um, Maggie's missing. Yeah, he's frantically trying to ring Maggie like she was trying to do before when he was missing. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, when he had the bar fight, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, he... I, I, like, I, I think it's at this point, but like... Maggie sees the phone ringing and it does this weird, like, it. I don't want to say it looks cheap, but it does this weird kind of jar and zoom in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's it's zooming in on the phone, <laughs> like ringing. It's from Ray. And then she, you know, she gets kind of grabbed, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, ra- like, Ray gets back. And does he go straight to the peep, to the peep show hole? Or does he, like, um, he notices... I, I think- I think um, I think he sees the police car mm-hmm. um, outside room ten, and he's like, he's like, hang on here, like, 
the, the like I know he's just shot Ben. Yes. Um, I'm I'm gonna use my friend the 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 crawl space and flip it and use use it for good this time and save my wife. Well, yeah, that's what he gets in there. So he goes he goes through he goes through to the looking glass. Um, yeah, we get we get Howard kind of like going, oh yeah like. In, in in typical villain fashion kind of explains like that he is the bad guy and that what his evil plan was to He's like you knew him. too much and yeah I and was, um he, sorry i think you're gonna say in this, the same thing i was gonna say so go on no 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 you, you say it man you're the you're the guest uh, I, sp- I speak too much on this anyway i, I was uh, i was gonna say he, he while he's giving this exposition, he's like, "Oh, I really wanted just to see me blow his head off." <laughs> yeah, and, then, and he's like, "Oh, he's a, he's a, he's yeller, you know. He's not even coming. He's probably packing his bags, you know." And what is it? It's like, I wanted to make this look like a murder suicide, like yeah, yeah, like <laughs> while while she like yeah, like he he just kind of he he did all the murder, I guess. <laughs> And but, then, um, obviously, Ray taps against the glass, lures him to it, and jumps through. Yeah, and attacks like, goes, Howard. Goes through the looking glass finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see that eye roll. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very on the nose. Uh, but again, like this is just coming to me now. I don't know why it didn't come to me earlier. Is that obviously Wild at Heart has that whole like reimagining of um the wizard of oz in it do you know what i mean like it's this kind yeah, of like, yeah like a lot of stuff throughout it with like the red uh the red yeah. slippers and like the, the witch i want to go home and yeah yeah and then and then the the thingy at the end the yeah cr- the, the good witch yeah yeah so yeah, like, we have we have all that, and then like it feels like this is trying to play upon a fairy tale as well by like this thing of like the the looking glass and down the rabbit hole. It's this Alice in Wonderland thing. It's like yeah, because um, I mean, it's it's kind of like the eat me, drink me thing. Maybe like mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Maggie with the pills, like eating, and I'm Ray with the drinking. Like can't remember if the drinking makes them go bigger or not, but like kind of like that power play i guess yeah. i don't know yes. i don't know maybe i'm just trying to like <laughs> ring a mean and all of no, it, so but, that's, that, that, that's really interesting but like that stuff is only there if you analyze it for it yeah whereas <laughs> it's like for it yeah what's so great about wild at heart is that stuff is is on the forefront it's really on the nose and just makes that film such a bizarre, weird, and fun experience. And like, yeah, yeah, it's it's on the nose, but at the same time, it's not really explained. It's like, so no, you... it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a a David Lynch trope, isn't it? So you you kind of go in expecting that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you you just kind of let it wash over you. Like, I think that's how a lot of David Lynch stuff should be watched. Is just like an experience, and then maybe on a rewatch you kind of like pick certain points but with this it's um <laughs> I, I i don't know um i i appreciate what they're trying to do but like is it working i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but like speaking of on the news 
<laughs> like after, like when he after he goes through the looking glass, <laughs> Howard he he says, uh, that's how Ben knew what I did." <laughs> like he literally yeah. says, but to to that extent, he's like, "Oh damn, I should have known there was a two way mirror," and it's just like, "Oh okay, there's another thread ticked." <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about like the the real end of this. Obviously, Ray kills Howard, like shoots him in the head. But then it just they pack up their stuff, yeah, and they leave. Get out of dodge, don't they? Like they just go, and then the <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, maybe that's like alluding to that fairy tale thing, and it's like it's um it's like and he lives happily ever after maybe and i was half expecting like a little question mark to to come up like the end maybe well there's that maybe. thing that 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 it just it doesn't play into any real world consequences at that point it's like no he's killed a policeman yeah he's killed a policeman he's then got to explain he'd have to explain this it's the same thing as, like, why did he burn the pig? It's like, why are you not actually calling... Why are you just... Yeah, like, why don't you just... police? Yeah, wait for the... the I mean, maybe they're all corrupt, but, like, wait yeah. for the non-corrupt cops to come. Yeah. And then just explain yourself. I know it looks a bit weird, but, like, <laughs> you know, I'm well, sure yeah, if they really dug down... <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel bad because at the same time, like I, I want to like I'm I, at the end of this. Just I, I, I wanted to kind of yeah, and that's the thing. Nobody gets any like closure for any of this because like <laughs> no, they no know <laughs> they know, and they're just fucking off. And it's like right, yeah. so it's like I kind of like is it, doesn't it end with like a, a a gag as well? Doesn't like Tommy turn up? Or did I imagine that? Or did I? No, t- t- Tommy does turn up because also I think it turns from day to night, like like that. Because when he goes, when he when he sees the police car, it's day. Yeah. But by the time he's gone through the looking glass and the escape and all that, it's it's pitch black outside. And then Tommy's rocking up, and he's like, "Hey, is room ten free?" And then you know they're they're both just holding each other like covered in blood, and he's like, "Oh, I, I guess so." And then he goes into room ten, doesn't he? And then they speed off into the into the sunset. Yeah, so like it's that tonally just such a weird <laughs> end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Before we before we wrap up this episode, uh what are your kind of like what are your favorite moments in, in this film? Um <laughs> Favorite moments. If, um, if we haven't, if we haven't already addressed them, that is. I mean, as a whole, I know I, I kind of dunked on this film a bit, but like mm-hmm. I did, I did enjoy it like yeah. quite a lot this time round. Um, went up to like almost a four, a four star on Letterbox for me. So <laughs> okay. Two and a half, two and four, because like maybe it's because I was looking at at it for like all these like little tidbits and stuff like that. But at the, at the same time, it's that kind of. It's kind of that slice of life thing at the start, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, like I, I kind of swing back and forth between like really liking it and then being a bit indifferent to it. But <laughs> in terms of favorite moments, um, it's just the whole like weirdness of it. I love, yeah. I love Howard's character and how I mean, it's kind of like 
how you're a bit scared of Frank. It's that kind of thing, yeah. but to a lesser extent, just because like it's not written as well. And um, the the dollar the dollar on the glasses. Yeah, perfect. Like, yeah, <laughs> might have to try that. It's not very COVID safe, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just. <laughs> I mean, I I guess it's is the the faces he pulls as well. Mm-hmm. You know when he, when he's kind of like shot shot like you know being he's illuminated by that blue light and he's just kind of like ooh the lurking looks of Cage. Yeah. I, I, I still don't know, and I, I want to know if he, if, if he was meant to be cracking off in that second like. Yeah, because it really does look like that. <laughs> but because he kind of does that, like, does a bit of a no face, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it's like he's trying to cover his mouth as not to, like, you know. Um, <laughs> cry out with ecstasy. <laughs> cry out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, um, I'll say the things you don't want to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy those faces. I want to I wanna try and capture that. I want to... That, that's why I took a picture of them. Perfect. I want to I I do... <laughs> it's not about like 12. I want to do a watercolour. I want to paint them. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so at the end of these, I always ask specifically about the film we've just talked about. Does Nick Cage have bad hair in this film? Well, <laughs> it depends how you define bad and which part of his hair. Because, like, the top, I mean, it's not, it's no Bangkok dangerous, is it? It's not like <laughs> my hair is a bird. But, like, it's, it's like, like, I don't know, you can't really see much of it because it is just that black. Mm-hmm. It's so black. And even in the the scenes where he's in the crawl space and stuff, you can see like a silhouette of it. But <laughs> on on the flip side of that, even though his beard's like very black, I know, I know in real life probably because he he dyes it as well. It's very black and very thick. Mm-hmm. So his beard's looking good, but like the the top half, I'm, I'm just like a bit, mm. and it's 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 quite jarring in some parts. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say just for the hair dye alone, this is some bad hair. This is a, <laughs> just it is so, Maybe I'm quite, I'm a bit more forgiven. Well, I was just, like, it's not that bad. <laughs> it, it takes you out of the film, I think, at certain points. You are looking yeah. at going like, what's going, what's going what's on? What's happening here? Is that his actual colour? Because I know it's not. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a stylistic choice by the filmmaker. Like, like it's, it's, yeah, it's, and it it does really remind me of when Creed puts the tour in his fit in his hair, and you know he's trying to appear younger. Well, you don't really want to allude to a a sitcom, Creed. really. If you're no. like, no, you really it. don't. Now, <laughs> uh, amazing. The next question is always: Does Nick Cage do a crazy voice in this film? He he doesn't do a crazy voice and it's it's just kind of his normal you know quite quite um the quite, draw isn't it the it's draw yeah the draw um that i don't know if he was trying to he, nah he wasn't trying to put like a southern drawl on it but it was mm-hmm. just his normal kind of like quite soothing draw really yeah, especially yeah. when it's like put next to ben in the start because ben's like ah and then he's just like maybe it's because he's half asleep but he's like hey man um yeah 
Perfect. But no crazy voices. It's no air G force, is it? Uh, oh, no, <laughs> nothing comes close. Well, I don't know. Some of it's come. Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. <laughs> And to some people, um, the most important to others, they could very much leave it. But does Nick Cage freak out in this film? Well, uh, as as I alluded to before, there's the cracking scene in the bar where he, it kind of. It, it quite slowly ramps up as well. Yeah. But it's 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 ramping up and then it's a really big spike to where he does <laughs> like have that final freak out. And uh, you know, he batters that guy in his rage, you know, he pulls his gun out. Um he's like, Yeah, you stay away from my motel. And also as as kind of a follow up, maybe not to a lesser extent, but when he's having that um I mean as I know it's supposed to be quite an emotional moment for the couple but kind of playing off because it's the scene like after that yeah. freak out um <laughs> it is played in that way where he, he's having the argument with maggie and he, he full-on boots boots down that door and he, yeah. he leaves <laughs> he leaves the dent in it he leaves the dent in it and he's like you've got to cool off and he's like drenching her in the shower <laughs> and um yeah so i guess that's like you know a bit of a chaser well, it's really interesting because uh, Robin Tunney said that Nicolas Cage's like the best actor she's ever worked with. She's not. She's not wrong, though, is she? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, she. They probably had like. I, I, it'd be interesting to see what the kind of lead up to that like them shooting that scene was like did mm. did they just fly into it were they apart like was it a kind of uh, i don't know like what um tim hunter's kind of style is but yeah, yeah no, you mean. And, and knowing cage like he he just kind of launches into it like um listening to brian taylor about um mum and dad um he, he just he, he just 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 fly into it doesn't he he's just, he's just very professional yeah yeah I've, I've heard people say as well that he does a very much like a take he always asks for a take for himself that's oh really like, let, well like let me do what i want to do me, on a take. <laughs> let me be me <laughs> yeah yeah let, let let me give you like a, a full cage take and then you and, and directors a lot of the time go you know what that that's actually this, this, what we yeah wanted. i like, mean <laughs> going back to the start podcast when you're like what what you like about nicholas cage like he is that kind of laser focused weapon isn't he mm-hmm. like with the right director you you can just point him in the directions like do this and i'll you know i'll let you be you but funnel it yeah. And I think that's when you get, like, even with, um, I think the best, one of the best, m- most recent examples is in Mandy in the, the bathroom. It's Colour Out of Space, I would say, very much like. Yeah. And, but it feels like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's Cage, like, sometimes if he's not, if the directors just aren't as or don't, don't know what they want as much, or they can't... That's have, it, yeah. It's that don't thing know like, what. do they want Nick Cage because they want Nick Cage, or like... Do they want the star power of Nick Cage? Yes, exactly, exactly. DVD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, I, yeah. Th- I think that is the... Because, I mean, he is a working actor. Like, he, he just pumps him out, doesn't he? It's like... Yeah, yeah he's, well, yeah, he's a very much like... He's a, he's, a, he's a jobbing actor, and like, he... Yeah. He, 
absolutely loves it by the looks of it. Yeah, oh, and you, you can tell. And like, I feel he does like one for them, one for me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he does 10 for them, one for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, at, at this stage in his career, anyway. Uh, <laughs> perfect, John. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, man. You come Just, talk to me I could, about. Could talk about Nicolas Cage for hours and hours. <laughs> perfect. Well, where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing, whether it's uh, on social media and letterboxed let's get let's yeah. get a shout out to that where people could obviously yeah watching. absolutely yeah follow me on letterboxd i am on all social media platforms it's a uh, little uh you know none of that little because i'm not a rapper mm-hmm. a little uh, underscore john without a h s perfect and that's, uh, that's uh twitter instagram letterboxd and um yeah follow me on there um i actually have some nicholas cage prints which I don't have an Etsy set up, but if you DM me, um, you can either donate something to charity or pay me, and I'll give you one. Perfect. I, I actually have these prints myself, and I can say as somebody who, uh, I don't know, actually, I sound like a shill, don't I? Because you're on the <laughs> podcast. But like, uh, it works both ways. Yeah, um, <laughs> they they are amazing. Like, uh, And, and I'm not just saying that because John is like sat, across from me digitally and uh it would be it would be horrible for me to be like, you know what john the rubbish john you can rubbish. do better yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate them but they, they are really good uh, uh i will be yeah i'll be posting uh pictures of them when this episode oh, comes out, yeah. as well as um all the links to the social medias and yeah, where you can where you can buy uh admin error and anything else that john's got going on yeah, I didn't mention the title of my comic, did I? So thanks very much. It is called Admin Error. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, we've got the anthologies as well. Yeah, Hogwarts. perfect. Yeah, yeah. You've got Survivor. Survivor and, and Isolation. Isolation, funnily enough. Uh, yes. <laughs> Written in 2017. So Trailblazers, well, unfortunately. <laughs> John, it's been an absolute pleasure having oh, you thanks on. Very Thank much. you so much. Yeah, thanks very much. there we go guys that was looking glass a bit of a mixed bag obviously this film owes a massive debt to both twin peaks and the netflix documentary voyeur if you haven't checked that documentary out do so now i imagine a lot of you will have netflix and it's really easy to come about and yeah it's really really insightful uh i can't find anything concrete anywhere to say if this film is linked to that story or if it is just one of those things that they've changed it enough so it uh, it, there's no legal charges but that clearly was somebody saw that like article and went well i'm gonna make a film all about that uh, amazing uh, well if you feel uh, differently to me and John about this film please don't hesitate to get in touch and you can do that in all the regular places that is Twitter Instagram and Facebook all at caged in pod or if you want to really take me to task and want to do it all behind closed doors you can uh, do that via email which is caged in pod at gmail.com 
gmail.com. And make sure that you follow the podcast over on Letterboxd, which is again at Caged In Pod, and you will get teasers for my opinions on films before they're talked about fully on the podcast and kind of. I don't know, you know what you're in for for an episode, whether it's going to be a nice loving or a trashing of a film. So do please hold it over to Letterboxd and share some love. As for supporting the podcast, please do head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this now and leave a five-star rating and review. All of that helps to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. And obviously, I guess that's why we all do this, right? I guess that's why podcasts do because we feel like we're important and people need to listen to what we have to say because we're all deep down broken and insecure and our voices are really really important uh another way you can support the podcast is by actually physically giving me money which would be great which you can do over at patreon which is patreon.com forward slash caged in pod or you can head on over if you prefer your like transactions to be like you get a physical thing uh yeah you can go over to cagedinpodcast.limitedrun.com and get an amazing caged in superman tim hornsby art print that are all hand numbered with a unique nicholas cage quote on the back so if that is your bag please do buy one and help me to keep the lights on over here in caged in towers as for next week, I will be joined by Emma Carter, or um, as she is, uh, her alias is MZ Plays, uh, Twitch streamer and a massive Nick Cage fan. And we are going to be talking about 2.11. I thought for ages it was 2.11. I watched the film and it turns out that it's actually a term that is used for a crime. So it's a 2.11. Uh do join us for that one it's going to be interesting i can tell you that for sure that's a kind of a tease to what i thought of that film uh so please do join us next time when we'll be discussing that as always guys i have been petrus patsilis i have been caged in you have been amazing thanks for listening Whoa. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery Main, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.